We are in a series called Make Waves. It's about the Holy Spirit. Have you enjoyed this series so far, the Holy Spirit series? Yeah? Good. Today I'm excited to talk to you about the fruit of the Spirit. Say fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. Open your Bibles to the book of Galatians. That's in the New Testament, chapter 5. Galatians, chapter 5. Let's get right into the scripture today. We have Bibles provided for you. We have notebooks. If you need a notebook, I really encourage you to take notes. It helps you remember. God speaks more into your heart. You write extra things down. You can go back through the week and look at them. I do provide notes for you on the Calvary Orlando app. If you go to the sermons area and the notes, you'll see my notes. But I really like it when you write your own as well because you can add more to it. All right, Galatians chapter 5. Have you found it? Four of you. The rest of you. Have you found it? Good, that means your Bible is functional. Very good, it should be there. Galatians chapter five, verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. How many of you want a life guided by the Holy Spirit? Raise your hand, amen. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The King James Version says it like this. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Don't you love that pattern? Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So many times we're trying in our own flesh to stop fulfilling the lust of the flesh so that we can qualify to walk in the spirit. Do you understand what I just said there? We in our brain, in our shame-driven, guilt-driven mind think, I have to make myself holy so that I can walk in the spirit. So I need to stop fulfilling the lust of the flesh so that I can be spiritual. The Bible tells you the opposite. It says you start walking in the spirit and you will automatically begin overcoming the lust of the flesh. Come on somebody, let's get excited about that. God never asked you to fix yourself on your own, but today we're here to focus on walking in the spirit. If you've given your heart to Jesus, you are made holy, amen. And you've asked God, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. He fills you with his Holy Spirit now. And the Spirit is there to be your helper to help you overcome all those fallen nature things and all those things of the flesh that steal, kill, and destroy. So that's why we focus on walking in the Spirit. It's a choice. It's something you can do today. You don't have to have everything sorted out. Are you hearing me? In walking in the Spirit, he will help you sort it all out. And so today we're gonna to talk about walking in the Spirit. I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives and you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves when we let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of the sinful nature desires. It's one of the ways you can identify that the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you is you have new desires to please the Lord. You have new desires that aren't like your old fallen self anymore. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so you're not free to carry out your good intentions without the help of the Holy Spirit. There's this war there that's going on. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under the obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. So here in your notes, why don't you start writing down some of the fruit or the results of the fallen sinful nature. Here it is, sexual immorality. Talked about that some last week. Impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry. It's the worship of things, right? Putting something in the place of God, worshiping an idol of some sort. Could be, we don't necessarily worship statues today, but we can worship careers, we can worship money, we can worship fame, we can worship ourselves, amen? And so that's idolatry, putting something in the place of God. Sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins. So there's more, but this is just kind of a running list of things that kind of naturally come out of our old fallen nature. These are the fruits of the flesh. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the spirit or the New Living says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is, here's what comes out of walking in the Spirit. Ready? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Isn't that good? So naturally out of the flesh comes all this corrupt fruit, this fruit that produces death, 
this fruit that steals, kills, and destroys from your life and somebody else's life. But when we walk in the Spirit, and remember, we can all make a decision to walk in the Spirit today because the Spirit's in us, right? And we can be led by the Holy Spirit. The sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. Then these fruits begin to be produced out of our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Your old self, your old passions, your old nature is crucified with Christ. I wanna keep reminding you of that. You do not have to be controlled by your old sinful lower self. Amen. Because it was crucified with Christ. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading. When you follow the Spirit's leading, He's gonna lead you into all truth. He's gonna lead you into producing His fruits. And let's talk about that a little bit today. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. I like to think about the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit like this, the Holy Spirit's personality, the Holy Spirit's character and traits, the fruit of his spirit, what he's like. Sometimes we just talk about the fruit itself and we forget that this is the nature and the actions and characteristics of the spirit. That's why they're his fruit. He is life. Are you understanding this? God is life. And so the fruit of the Spirit is the fruits that come out of his nature, the fruit that comes out of his choices, his decisions, how he operates, how he thinks, how he acts. It's the fruit, you can say, apart from the fallen carnal stuff, let's just say Kevin Kringle, the fruit of Kevin Kringle's personality, he's kind of funny, he's brilliant, right? He, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> kind of kidding. Okay. But all of us have certain characteristics, traits, personality, things that are the fruit of who we are. Are you understanding that? And so the reason these things are the fruit of the Spirit is these are the traits, the qualities, the personalities of God. Personality of God. You're understanding this. So this is what comes out of God naturally. Love. God is love. Joy. We have a joyful God. It's not somber and depressed. He's joyful, he's faithful, he's good. And I'm thankful that he also has all these other traits including self-control because there are times even in the Bible where he wanted to wipe out a whole, a whole nation and his mercy spared us, amen. Are you hearing this? Why do I wanna help you identify the personality of God, the character, the fruit of God? Well, first of all, I think it helps you put some flesh on God so that you can kind of behold him and see what your God is like. Your God has a personality and this is his fruit. This is the fruit of who he is. The other thing I want to point out is this, you become like the people you hang around. Amen? So today when we're talking about producing the fruit of the spirit, why do you think the Galatians chapter is so much saying walk with the spirit? Spend time walking with the Spirit. Spend time listening to the Holy Spirit. Spend time doing what he says. Spend time reading his word. Spend time praying in spirit language. Spend time in worship and in the Spirit's presence. What do you think is gonna happen? You become like who you hang around. Are you understanding this? Sometimes we don't bring this down to some, something we can do. Producing the fruit of the Spirit. We hear the sermon, although it's been a long time since I've heard a sermon on the fruit of the Spirit. We can hear a sermon on produce fruit of the Spirit, but no one tells us how to do it. And the Bible very clearly tells you how to do it. Spend time with the Spirit. When you spend time with the Spirit, you begin to act like Him. You begin to think like Him. You begin to respond like Him. What are you gonna look like if you spend time with the Spirit? You're gonna look like love. You're gonna look like joy. You're gonna look good, amen? Faithful, self-controlled, patient, long-suffering. Isn't that good? Walk in the Spirit, you'll begin producing these fruits. Today I wanna to talk to you about picking and practicing. Please write that down. Picking and practicing the fruits of the Spirit. Picking and practicing the fruits of the Spirit. When we walk in the Spirit, the fruits will become natural to us. The gifts of the Spirit are given 
And the fruits of the Spirit, I'm going to say it differently than you might have heard, are picked. Are picked. Why do I say it that way? I've heard it taught to me when I was younger, the gifts of the Spirit are given, but the fruits are grown. What I want to challenge you with today is this. I would like for you to see that we grow in the practice of the fruit, but you have access to fully mature fruit in your moment of need. See, because within the spirit that lives on the inside of you is all of this fruit. It's who he is and it's who he is in you. And when you need these things the most, praise God, you don't have to wait for it to grow into maturity. You can take hold of it by faith. You can possess that joy. You can possess that patience. You can lay hold of the love because you need to make a decision in this moment and there's not time for you to wait for it to grow to maturity, but you have a fully mature Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Do you understand what I just said? On this tree is a fruit and I want to talk to you about the fruit of the Spirit. I also think it's interesting that the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit. Not, listen to me, the fruits, but the fruit, singular. The fruit of the Spirit. So it's not like there's this fruit over here and then I've got to grow over here and possess or grow another fruit, an apple or a banana or something. Within the Holy Spirit, is all the fruits, all the fruit you need. See, the definition of, these, of this fruit is, it's being described, the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's not a different fruit than joy. It's the same fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit because it's the Spirit. Are you hearing me? It's one fruit, but it's defined in all these words. One person, the Holy Spirit, defined in all these words, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, which means I have access to love. I have access to joy. It's not I've, I have love, but I'm still over here trying to grow some joy or get some joy. If I have the Holy Spirit, I have love and I have joy. I have peace and I have patience and I have self-control. You can say, well, I have love, but I still got to grow my self-control. You have the Holy Spirit. You have love. You have self-control. I have self-control. Are you hearing me? And whenever I have need of one of these, I can pick it from the Spirit in fullness, in full potency. Come on, write this stuff down. The full potency of the Spirit the full power of the Holy Spirit backing it. What I grow in is my awareness of them and my practice of them. So there is a growing, but it's a growing in first nature, saying rather than doing it this way, I grow in doing it God's way. I grow in picking and using his fruit in his presence and not my old nature. I grow in practice. Is this helpful? I just want to say it again in a different way. You lack nothing. You lack nothing. Amen. That's why this mindset shift is so important. I have the Spirit. And in the Spirit is all that He is and all the fruit of who He is. And all I need to do to be successful and to begin to transform into this lifestyle is start walking with him. Start listening when he gives me those Holy Spirit tugs and doing it his way rather than my way. Get into the word of God and let the spirit speak to me through that word. Get into his presence and in places of worship like this, like we just talked about today. Pray in my spirit given language. Walk with the spirit and the fruits of the spirit will begin to manifest in your life. I love that. I love that God doesn't just focus on what we're not doing and not capable of and we're sitting there focusing on the sin nature, focusing on our fallenness. God is saying, look, I took care of that. Start focusing on walking in me. 
Start focusing on being with me. I've cleansed you, made you holy to walk with me and to contain, hold me, to be a container of, to be filled with my spirit. Walk in the spirit and you will begin, praise God, to outgrow those old desires and ways and habits and fruit that you used to produce. Don't you wanna live a successful Christian life? I do. I don't like those old parts of my old self that pop up, those fits of things the Bible talks about, you know, jealousy, envy, fits of rage or anger, you know, uh, sexual you know, misconduct, all these things that might pop up from your old self. God has given us the antidote. He's given us the solution to that. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill those lusts of the flesh. There's a difference between picking and growing. Growing denotes that they are not given in full maturity. Practicing means those traits are fully mature, but we need to use them more. That's what I wanted you to hear about, the concept of growing fruit, growing fruit. The fruits, the potency, the impact of those fruits are in full maturity. Open your Bibles to 2 Peter, please. 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 8. It's so strong in my spirit to help you understand that you have everything you need for life and godliness. That you're not waiting for something else to happen or to transpire before you can live a successful Christian life. Second Peter chapter one, have you found it? Verse three, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. That's a good place to say amen. Even if you currently don't see victory in certain areas over your old self, I need you to believe by faith that you have the fruit of the Spirit on the inside of you and that you have everything you need to overcome that addiction, to overcome that lower self, to overcome anything the devil may still be tripping you up with. You don't need to wait for something else to happen. Praise God. His divine power has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all, say all, all, all of the fruits, all of that, all of the power, all of the promises. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you. Write it in your notes. Promises enable me. Enable you. They enable you to become. They enable you to be victorious. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature. That sounds like the fruits of his spirit. Hey, that's good. What is his divine nature like? Oh, let me think. Love, joy, peace, patient, amen, kind, good, faithful, self-controlled, amen, and to escape the world's corruption. We escape the world's ways. We escape the world's destruction. We escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. That's you walking in the spirit. Respond to those promises. Do what they've asked you to do. Do it God's way. Trust the spirit's way. Supplement your faith with generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge, knowledge with self-control. It sounds like it's defining the fruits again. You see how in this chapter, it's starting to talk about those expressions and what's gonna to happen to you, you're gonna start manifesting the nature of God, the fruits of God. Self-control, patient endurance. Doesn't it sound like the fruit of the Spirit again? Yeah. And patient endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be. How many of you wanna be productive and useful? The more you grow in the practice of these things, amen? 
in the practice and the decision making of these things, the more productive you and useful you will be in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. Let's talk about this fruit. Let's talk about the aspects listed in Galatians and see what's waiting on the inside of you. Are you ready? Good. You're with me, right? That it's all one fruit, but we're describing that fruit and your potential on the inside, right? You understand this concept? It's not hard. I only brought lemons. So you pick the fruit and you grow in it. But what's in this fruit? What's inside the fruit of the spirit? Amen? Love. Let's talk about love. Love can be defined, if you get into a good concordance or biblical kind of dictionary, you can find some of the definitions of these words. I give you a little bit in my notes, but I want you to see the type of love we're talking about. I want you to see the description of these fruits, of what's in this singular fruit, but how it's manifested in these different ways. Love. The love mentioned here is divine love. It's God's love. It's the first Corinthians 13 kind of love. It's the charity kind of love. It's that agape, one directional love. What does that mean? It means you have the power to love regardless if that love is reciprocated. I have the power to send love one way. Whether you send it back or not, that's not contingent on whether or not I choose to love you. I have the capacity, the potential, the ability, say the ability. I have the ability to love like God. I have the ability to love like God. It is God's love because it's God's spirit and it's the love of God in my heart. I have that fruit coming out of my life. I have the ability to love the unlovable. I have the ability to love the unworthy. Come on. I have the ability to make a decision to pick when I don't feel like loving. When I don't feel like loving, because how many of you know love is not a feeling? I have the ability to decide a thing, to choose a thing, to walk in the Spirit's way of doing things, not my old lower nature way of doing, thing, doing things. I have the ability to love. I have the ability to love. Divine love, a strong, ardent, tender, compassionate love. Devotion to the well-being of someone else kind of love. Romans 5.5, 5, write it in your notes. Romans 5.5 5 says it like this. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. The love of God. God's love. Not human love. God kind of love. God kind of love. God kind of love put on flesh and died on a cross and took a judgment that he didn't deserve. We are capable of loving people who don't deserve the love that we send. People who don't respond to the love that we send. People who don't understand the love that we send. They don't appreciate it. But you know, our world doesn't talk like love like that anymore, does it? It's all of you if you love me. All of you, if you will respond the way I want you to respond. Christian, Christ follower, those that walk in the spirit, we have the ability to love regardless of what happens to the wor- in, in the world or what they respond or how they respond, we have the ability to love. Amen. God's love has been shed abroad in our hearts. You have the ability to love with God's love, not just human love, but with God's love. We are all capable of this. And so today, I just wanna remind you and challenge some of you in the room. Maybe you're going through a tough spot. Maybe there's a coworker that you're having a very tough time with or an employer you're having a very tough time with. Maybe there's a people group that you're having a very tough time with. You can walk in the spirit and you can love people that have a very, you have a very tough time in the natural loving. Why? Because you have everything you need for life and godliness. Are you hearing this, church? This is not like, well, I'll grow in my love for them. See what I'm saying? 
I'll, I'll grow. No, you choose. I'll grow in loving that group. I'll grow in loving that person. No, you choose to love. You can lay hold of love. You can grab a hold of love. You can pick love and you can grow in the practice of that love. Come on. That is an awesome, awesome place to be excited about. I have the capacity to pick it, take it as mine, and I can release it. I can give it away. I can give that kind of love today. Today I can change. Today I can go back home and love someone that doesn't deserve it. This week I can treat people with the love of God because God's love is in my heart. It's been shed abroad in my heart. There's not just human love in there. There's God's love in there. Amen. Joy. I pick joy. I choose joy. I choose joy today. I don't wait for circumstances to change. I choose joy. I don't wait for the news media to tell me I can celebrate. I don't wait for the newspaper to tell me I can celebrate. I don't wait for the stock market to change to tell me I can celebrate. Say it with me. I choose joy. Amen. I pick it and I grow in the practice of it. I choose joy today. You can choose joy in the fiery furnace. You can choose to dance and sing and celebrate in the fiery furnace. Remember what I said, my friend? You lack nothing. You lack nothing. You're like, but I don't have this. And this is a struggle right now. And this right now is causing me anxiety and fear. Praise God. You can go choose to walk in the spirit right now. And you can go get yourself some joy. Go, go move the mountain of your own emotions and go get joy. So which means if I walk out of here today and I choose to be sour, I choose to be depressed, I choose to be full of anxiety and fear, look, I said it very clearly, then I'm choosing that. We've got to start seeing this, my friends, because we're waiting for the world to change around us before we give ourselves permission to bear the fruit that's already within us. And you just be like, I just want to be joyful. I'm just tired of being sad all the time. I'm tired of being depressed all the time. I'm tired of being negative and fearful all the time. I want to be joyful. I want to be joyful. And so I'm going to pick some joy today. I'm going to, I'm going to choose joy. Amen? Supernatural joy. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 4. The apostle was saying, great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my glorying of you. I am filled with comfort. I am, I am exceedingly joyful, listen, in all our tribulation. Uh, that doesn't seem to go together. Paul was saying, I am still joyful in the middle of all this tribulation that we're going through. He doesn't just say joyful. He says, I'm exceedingly joyful. Where does he have access to that? Does his joy come from the circumstances? Where does his joy come from? The Holy Spirit. Comes from his relationship with the Holy Spirit. Comes from his time with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Comes with, from the person he's hanging out with. You know, if you want some joy, why don't you spend some time with the Holy Spirit or with some spirit-filled, joyful people? You need to, remember, I'm gonna, if that's the only thing you get out of this today is you become like who you hang around. If you start listening to the fruit of the mouth of what's coming out of everybody you hang out with, you're going to find out what's going to come out of you. If everyone you're hanging out with, the fruit coming out of them is fear, the fruit coming out of them is negativity, the fruit coming out of them is anger, rage, all this stuff, what do you think is going to come out of you? Walk in the Spirit. Go make a choice. Go spend some time in the Spirit. Go spend some time with the Holy Spirit that you have full access to. Amen. But you become like who you hang around. Amen but you can have joy in the middle of tribulation. Peace. How many of you need some peace today? Anybody need peace today? It's okay to raise your hand. I need some peace today. Go pick some. Peace. One of those biblical definitions of peace is the idea of prosperity. Shalom. Wholeness. Completeness. Nothing missing. Write it down. Nothing broken. That's peace. Peace in your mind. Peace in your health. Peace in your finances. 
peace, wholeness, prosperity of the spirit, prosperity emotionally, prosperity in relationships, peace, shalom, wholeness, peace, quietness, rest, rest. Pastor Osway was talking about that earlier, wasn't he? Having a sense of rest. That's a fruit of the spirit, of being with the spirit, walking in the spirit, listening to the spirit. He'll lead you into peace. He'll lead you into prosperity in every area of your life. He'll give you peace in the middle of the storm. Amen. So you can have peace now. It's a state of quietness, a state of rest and harmony, order, security, in the midst of turmoil and strife. I love that. Peace really is clearly seen and manifested right in the middle of a storm. I have a picture, I don't know if it made it to the screen, but it's a picture of a little bird. Is there a picture of a bird that we have today? Yep. And I wanted you to see that because that is a picture of a life of peace in the middle of a storm where you can still lay your head to rest. It's the picture of Jesus with his head on a pillow in a boat in the middle of a turbulent sea. You have his peace. Are you hearing me, church? You can have that kind of rest, that kind of sense of security that things are going to be okay. I can close my eyes, I can rest because I know God is watching over me. I can have peace. It's hard to imagine peace just because everything is going right. That's great. But real peace, this God kind of peace, is the kind that's quality enough to give you rest in the middle of a storm. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 27, he says, my peace I leave with you. That's God's own peace. Isn't that great? My peace, Jesus' peace. Where do you think his peace came from? Anybody want to guess? The Holy Spirit. You know Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit as well, right? He walked in the Spirit, right? And he says, my peace I leave with you. The same peace he had in that storm, sleeping on that pillow, he leaves it, he gives it as a gift. He gives it to you. Isn't that awesome? Can we just celebrate God one more time? I just feel like we just need to be grateful and to get this stuff. I can choose peace. Before you leave today, you can say, I can pick peace. I choose peace. I'm tired of unrest. I'm tired of fear, I'm tired of anxiety. I'm tired of waiting for tomorrow to be worse than today. Come on. I choose peace. God's peace, not peace that I conjure up, not peace that I try to force myself to have, but peace that is a fruit of walking and being and listening and spending time with the Spirit. Amen. Long-suffering, patience. How many of you want more patience? Raise your hand. <laughs> Less hands. Everyone's afraid to raise their hand. I don't know. I've been told if you pray for patience, God's going to beat you up. That's a lie. Come on, he took your suffering. He's not gonna beat you up to teach you or patience. There's enough trouble in this world to teach you patience. God is for you, not against you. Come on. But let's talk about patience just for a little bit. Long suffering, patient. Patient endurance. The ability to bear long. The ability to bear long. Listen to this, with the frailties, offenses, Injuries and provocations of others. Wow. Long-suffering and patience. Look, sometimes we think about patience like standing in line for Starbucks. And you're like, Jesus, I choose patience. <laughs> Especially when people wait to figure out what they want until they get to the counter. Come on. Figure it out. And then they order the same thing they order every other day. But listen, the real value of patience and long-suffering isn't about waiting in lines, but it's about being patient with one another's frailties. Let that sink in for a minute. People 
have weaknesses. People can be mean. People can be hurtful. People can be ignorant and act out of ignorance. They can be uninformed, that's ignorant. But to have patience and long-suffering with people's human side. Patience with one another's frailties. Aren't you glad God is patient with our frailties? And we have his spirit and the fruit of his spirit accessible to us. So when others don't do life right, according to our own opinion, we can have patience. That's big, huh? I mean, that may not be a huge shout moment, but man, that's a revelation moment. I can have patience with other people's frailties. Their offenses, their provocations, like they're provoking you. Have you ever been in a place where people are like provoking you? But do you remember Jesus being punched, being mocked, provoked? But he just suffered long. And he just stayed consistent. Come on. He stayed loving because he was about to die for those same people that just beat him. Church, this is the quality of who we can be, what we've been given. This is who we are. I'm introducing you to yourself. You say, that doesn't look like me right now. It does. It's in you. It's in you. But it is a choice. It's a choice to choose patience and the Spirit's fruit versus your old fruit. And the practice, the growing, is the consistency of choosing the Spirit's way. But it's fully matured, fully potent, fully available right now. The moment you need it. Isn't that good? That's excellent. That's excellent. Go to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I want you to see this. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 4. In everything we do, the apostle says, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure trouble, hardships, calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, we've been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, and our patience. Wow. Our kindness by the Holy Spirit within us. Doesn't it sound like he's talking about the Holy Spirit's fruit that they're relying on here? He's not bragging on his own nature. He's not bragging on his own strength. He's bragging on the spirit within them to endure. The spirit within them to be kind. The spirit in them to be patient. Through all of this stuff, beatings, hardships, persecutions. Amen. This is who we are. This is what we do. Let's talk about gentleness. Gentleness. A disposition to be gentle, soft-spoken, kind, even-tempered, cultured, refined in character and conduct. I love that. That's something we are capable of as the people of God, as Christ's ambassadors in our workplace. We are capable of a gentleness about us. Our world celebrates real strong, real aggressive go-getters and all that stuff. I understand that. But there is still something in your Christian character and leadership. There has to be some sort of a gentleness, a fruitfulness, a, a nurturing part of you. Amen? We can't just go aggressively at the world or even our dreams and our goals. There's, there's something about this even nature, this, this character of God still. Sometimes it's like, I, God wants you to go after all those dreams. Praise God they're in there, but he doesn't want you to act like the world to get them. You should still look like Jesus. 
you should still look and talk and sound like Jesus. You can say, but Pastor Kevin, that won't work in my line of work. You've got to be tough. You've got to cuss at them. Hey, I've had Christians tell me that. Football coach Christians. Come on. You've got to talk a certain way. You've got to, you've got to get them. Listen, nowhere in my Bible does it say that I have permission to not act like Jesus. Somehow, some way, you got to figure it out with you and the Holy Spirit on how to have the nature and character of Jesus because you're always his ambassador, you're always his body, you're always a reflection of him. There should still be some sort of gentleness and even temperedness about you. And you can't use your career or your whatever as an excuse. Gentleness, kind, there's a kindness about us. I pray for this in my own life a lot. I, I just wanna be this person. I am this person, I know what's in there. God, help me to be kind. Gentle doesn't mean weak. Jesus was gentle, but he was strong. It takes great strength sometimes to be kind when people don't deserve your kindness. It takes great strength to be even tempered Amen. When you want to react, but yet you choose to respond. And I can pick that fruit. Amen. Praise God. Goodness. Let's talk about goodness. The state of being good, virtuous, benevolent, generous, a godlike trait of life and conduct. Goodness. A state of being good, virtuous, but I want to focus on these two words, benevolent and generous. Don't just think of good as being behavioral. Praise God, we want to behave well. But in God's goodness, in the Spirit's fruit of goodness, is also being good to others, which manifests itself in benevolence and generosity. Let me say it another way. There's no such thing as stingy Christianity. <laughs> it's funny. Last week, I made a passing statement about putting out the bad coffee. I've gotten more reaction on bad coffee, and by God's grace, I've repented. I will never put out bad coffee, I promise you. I will never put out cheap coffee. I will be generous, and I will give you the best coffee. Can we all say amen? Amen. <laughs> But listen, there's no such thing as stingy Christianity. Christianity is built in giving. Jesus, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. You take your coat and you share it with somebody else. If someone needs food, you share food. If someone needs time, you share time. If someone needs something, what can you do? Maybe you can't do everything, but what can I do? Amen? People coming out of hospitals should have at least five casseroles waiting for them. Come on, right? Isn't that the way we want to be as a church? Maybe we're not there yet, but praise God. You should open up the refrigerator and it'd be filled because that's who we are, that's what we do. That's the fruit of the spirit that, that we operate in. We're generous people. I loved it the other day when we had um, sponsorships for teen camp and they had a bake sale. You bought out every cookie, every brownie, every cupcake, and you paid three times for it just because you wanted to be generous to make sure those kids got to youth camp. That's goodness. That's goodness. Goodness manifesting itself in generosity and benevolence. You can be generous. You can be a giver. That is a fruit of who you are. Amen. When we don't give and we withhold, it's because of fear of running out or fear about who's gonna take care of us. And we give all that fear over to God and we trust ourselves with God, or we trust ourselves to God, amen? And you will have all sufficiency in all things for every good work, the Bible says. He supplies all your needs according to his riches and glory. You never have to worry about outgiving God. You won't outgive God. God, show me places I can be good to someone. 
Show me some places and some ways I can be good because I have that fruit in me. Sometimes we focus on some of these other ones like love or joy, but this goodness thing, I believe this goodness thing is a great evangelistic tool. Why? Because God's goodness leads us to repentance. What if you started going into work, figuring out ways to be good to people who need Jesus? Not waiting for them to be good to you, you go pick the fruit of goodness and go be good and be generous. Not just with stuff, but how about generous with compliments? Generous with praise, quality praise. Not fluff, but genuine compliments of other people. So many times we're waiting for someone to compliment us. What if we gave away what we needed? What if we started complimenting other people and the quality work that they do? What if we acted in that kind of goodness? Amen? Goodness. Faith. Final three, faith. Now I know the New Living says faithfulness, but the King James, actually I'm going to go to King James for a second. In the fruit, it describes it as faith. The fruit of faith. Not just faithfulness, but faith. And here's why. Because faith is the root of faithfulness. Listen to me. God-given faith implanted Picked faith is the root of faithfulness. What is faith? What is this fruit called faith? What is this thing in the fruit called faith? It's living by a divinely implanted, acquired and created principle of an inward, wholehearted confidence. A divinely implanted, listen to me, confidence. Not one you conjure up, not one you create, but God's spirit instills in you an immovable, unshakable assurance and confidence. Amen? A conviction. I love that word. A conviction, a trust, a reliance in God and in all that he is. That's the fruit of the Spirit called faith. And that's why we can be faithful Why can I be faithful? Because I'm fully persuaded in who my God is. I'm fully convicted in my heart. I am convinced. I am convicted that that promise is true and he will be faithful to his promise. So I will be faithful because I am fully assured in who he is and what he does. Isn't that wonderful? That's in you, that God-given assurance, that stable confidence that immovable knowing. So if you're in the middle of a whirlwind of a changing scene or landscape in your life and what a great promise to know I can pick the gift of faith, I can pick the fruit of faith and I can have stability, a conviction, a confidence and assurance in a changing, moving landscape and world, I can be fully persuaded that God is faithful and who God is and what he's going to do for me and in my life. And I can live from that confidence and I can make decisions out of that confidence and I can respond out of that confidence. Meekness, a disposition of being gentle, kindness, balanced in tempers and passions, patience in sufferings and injuries without feeling a spirit of revenge. That's meekness. I can pick the fruit of meekness. I love that being balanced in tempers and in passions. Some of us are very, very naturally passionate people, but it's not an excuse to let our passions rule us. We have the ability to pick this strength under power, this meekness, amen, and not be led by our emotions or be led by our passions, amen? Temperance, self-control, moderation, in the indulgence, in the appetites and passions of life. We have no excuse when it comes to sinning in the area of food, because you can overindulge in food. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's true. You can control the appetites of the flesh, sinful, lustful appetites, that was in the beginning what we talked about. Sin no longer has dominion over you. Never believe the lie that sin is bigger than the God on the inside of you. 
or that a habit or something of the past is bigger than the fruit of the Spirit on the inside. You have everything you need for life and godliness, temperance, self-control. You can control your vessel, self-control. Food, sin, alcohol, getting into drunkenness and all these abuses of alcohol, drug abuse, but also other abuses, the abuse that we do with our mouth. Sometimes we focus on these, you know, these, this certain list of abuses, but you know what? Sometimes we don't control what's coming out of our mouth, our attitudes, our negativity, those types of things. We have self-control. We have the fruit. We can pick self-control. I choose self-control. I have the ability to say no to that and yes to God. I am able. Say, I am able. It takes a strong person, listen, to not give in to everything they feel or think. Going back to the idea of meekness and self-control and temperance. You think meekness and temperance sound like a weak person? You try saying no to the flesh in your own strength and see how strong you are. You try standing against sin. You try standing against the God of this world. You try to do it on your own. You'll find out how weak we really are. But in Christ, we're very strong. In the spirit, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen. Amen. It takes a strong person to not give in to everything. Let me slow that down. To not give in to everything they think. My, my pastor, Pastor Mayo, used to say, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. You don't have to give in to everything you think. You, I got to give them a piece of my mind. No, you don't. You hold on to that piece of your mind. Or everything I feel, I feel like I just need this and I feel like I love that person. No. I feel like I just need to let loose. I feel like I just need to go off the rails for a little while. I just need some freedom. I just need to do not give in to everything you think and feel. You don't have to give in to everything you think and feel. Are you hearing me? Oh, I, I, feel, I have to look at this on the internet. No, you don't. You're, you're a married individual. This person walks by, gives you the eye, gives you a little hip, hip, you know, whatever. And you're like, oh, but it feels so right. Who cares? You can illustrate this however you want. You hear what I'm saying? You don't have to give in to everything you think. It doesn't have to come out of your mouth. And you don't have to give in to everything you feel. I feel depressed. I don't have to give into it. I feel angry. I don't have to give into it. I feel like revenge. I don't have to give into it. You don't have to give in to everything you think and feel. Go spend some time with the Holy Spirit. Take all those feelings, take all those emotions, take all those thoughts, and go walk with the Spirit for a little while. Turn on some worship music. Go pray in the Holy Ghost. Go get in the presence of God. You don't have to do everything you think and feel. Amen? There's three words that I'm done. Three words. Stop, challenge, and choose. That's your takeaway today. There's a lot of health companies that will use that phrase when it comes to eating. Stop, challenge, what should I do? What fruit do I want? What response do I want? And pick it. Choose it. Say it with me. Stop. Challenge. Choose. So you stop whatever. I feel like going after this, but I'm going to stop. I'm going to challenge. Is that the right way? Is that the spirit way? And I'm going to choose the spirit. Because I can. I am able. Go ahead and stand with me as we close today. Did you get anything out of that? Go ahead. Give God a good praise, would you? Amen. Let me pray this word into your heart today. And then we're going to open up the altars. But let me just pray this, this word into you right now. Heavenly Father, right now in Jesus' name.
I thank you for the fruit of the Spirit. I thank you for what we will become as what we've already been made and what we can pick and choose. The attitudes, the actions. Lord, I thank you for the fruit of the Spirit. I pray for this house. You would help us today to stop, challenge, and choose. Stop, challenge, and choose. We have been given everything we need for life and godliness. Lord, I thank you for love. I thank you for joy. I thank you for peace, patience, long-suffering. Thank you for goodness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. I thank you for these fruits being manifest in this church. And they're manifest because we spend time with the Holy Spirit. We let you lead. We thank you for what you're bringing forth out of us, God. We love you and we thank you for those fruits. In Jesus' name, for that fruit. In Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say a big amen. 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 Today, before I dismiss you, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means we all need a Savior. It goes on to say that the wages of sin is death, which is separation from God, even hell. But the gift of God is eternal life. And the Bible goes on to say that all who will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's a very affirmative statement. If you call on the Lord, he wants to save you. He wants to forgive you of your sin and he wants to bring you into his family. You become a son and daughter of God. And so today, if you're like Pastor Kevin, I've never asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior, then let's do it today. Or you may say, I used to have a walk with the Lord, but I've gotten off track. And I'd like to recommit myself to Jesus today. Then let's do that today. Would you all bow your heads and close your eyes for the next 30 seconds? Just wanna give you an opportunity to raise your hand and just to make an acknowledgement. I'm gonna to count to three and when I do, if that's you saying, I wanna give my life to Jesus today, be forgiven of my sins, be brought into the family of God. When I count to three, just put your hand up right where you are. If you say, I wanna return and give my life back on track to Jesus, when I count to three, just raise your hand, ready? One, two, three. If that's you, would you put your hand up today? You need to get right with God. Just put your hand up. There's a hand in the back, a second hand in the back. Third hand, thank you very much. Anybody else? Four, awesome. Anybody else? Five, praise God. Anyone else today? Put your hand up right where you are as an acknowledgement. You wanna get right with the Lord today. All right, church, even if I didn't see your hand, the Lord saw it. Would you all pray this prayer after me, please? Let's pray together so they're not praying by themselves. Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize that I've sinned and I've walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me and that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take every part of me now. Be my God. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you celebrate those five or more? Maybe you prayed that prayer at home. Welcome home. God bless you. Welcome home. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. 
To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening, and God bless.